0: I'm an Oakland A's baseball fan, and I'm a University of Oregon football fan. Really anything University of Oregon, because I'm an alum. I'm a fan, but I'm not a fanatic. I'm not fanatical about it. Now, we in Wichita, Kansas, have some fanatical Kansas City Chiefs fans, and it's a little bit different to being a fan and fanatical. Interestingly enough, my phone is named, my iPhone is named the Webfoot, Which the Webfoot's the original name for the Oregon Ducks. It was the Oregon Webfoots who did win the national championship, first ever basketball national championship team in 1939, but it was the Webfoots. And my Wi Fi is called Oregon Duck Fan. I did celebrate Wyndham Clark winning the US Open, who's an alum as well, but I'm not fanatical. Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, the latest episode of the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to you about one small, massive fanatical change. And five steps to making it and i'm going to talk about the difference between being a fan and fanatical you want to be fanatical to change if you found this podcast helpful subscribe so you'll never miss another podcast episode and if you've ever gotten anything out of the decide your legacy podcast pull out your phone take 15 seconds give us a rating and review on apple google spotify wherever you get your podcast content Hundreds of you are listening to this episode who have never given it a review. It helps the podcast to grow organically because it shows up in people's feeds on those platforms so it can reach and help more people. Something uncomfortable I did recently, and I share this with you because I want to challenge you to do uncomfortable things. Nothing is more important, not much is more important to good mental health than facing your fears and not much is more damaging than playing it safe. So what I did is I owed a few people some money. And they may have thought I even forgot about it, but I paid off some debts that I had to people that I promised to get a project done by a certain date. And so that was something I didn't want to do, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And I went ahead and did it, and that was uncomfortable. I reached out to somebody that I didn't treat well a year ago, and I apologized. That was uncomfortable. I'm Adam Gregg, I'm your host. I'm a legacy coach, speaker, mental health professional for almost 25 years, and I talk about stuff that you can describe to your six-year-old child, and they're gonna actually grasp the concepts. I'm a fellow traveler, so I talk about things I struggle with myself. You know, I maybe struggle with these things more than most of my listeners, possibly. I make this podcast for me and for you. And I challenge you to listen not just as a student, but as a teacher. That you're going to teach some insight from today to somebody else in the next 24 hours. This is the podcast that you do, not just listen to. It's a podcast of action. So let's start with an action. What is one small Yet, I say small, but small changes make massive changes over long term. We're talking about the long game, two years from now, something bigger, a longer vision. So what's a small change that you keep putting off? Something you know you really want, but you make excuses for not actually doing it. So maybe you want to work out more or lose weight or have new friends or less sugar, be more assertive. Maybe you want to be more encouraging or less defensive. What is something that you want? less critical write that down right now or speak it into your phone you can change these small changes that we make they have a huge impact on other changes that we make in our lives they're small yet they're massive because you think long term one percent better is going to mean a significant improvement over three months every day and only compare yourself to the person you were yesterday not other people not what you think you should be doing, not improvements you should, you think you should be making. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Are you making those changes? So let's go through five steps you can take to make this one small fanatical, massive fanatical change. Now, definition of fanatical, first of all, is somebody who is single-minded in their zeal and excessive. And so I've seen some Kansas City Chiefs decorated trucks in this town that I would say are excessive. I mean, every inch of that truck has something representing the Kansas City Chiefs. I can almost guarantee if they lose that that person is going to be really frustrated. And sometimes the town is so quiet in Wichita when the Chiefs are playing that I and I am not a fanatical fan. I mean, I watch some of the games and everything, but I sometimes think, well, I better not be out on the road if they lose because you're probably going to be dealing with some people that are pretty angry. You know, It kind of intimidates me a little bit because there's some serious fans here, but that's how you want to go about making these small changes because you know, and you've procrastinated. And for some reason it hasn't worked. You've wanted to make this change. It's been on your mind for a long time, but you haven't done anything about it. You just keep putting it off, putting it off, making excuses, becoming a fanatical is excessive. You know, I'm going to get this done no matter what I am committed. You know, the word, decide i chose for my business decide your legacy for a reason decide means to commit it means to choose in advance it's more than just something something light you know it's more than just like a maybe it's a commitment there has to be significant different information for you not to do what you've decided to do and that makes you careful on the decisions that you make it makes you think through the decisions that you make because you're saying that i'm making a decision and this means it's I'm going to do this. This is a commitment. This is a promise to myself, but this is a promise to somebody else. This is serious. You know, I'm getting married here. I'm having a child. I'm starting a business. I'm taking a new job. I'm not going to leave and quit. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it hundred percent. So the first thing here is what is something specifically that you want? What do you want? That's one of the most powerful, valuable questions you'll ever ask yourself and few dare to actually answer it. Honestly, what specifically do you want? Describe clearly in a way, write it down clearly in a way for yourself that you can describe it to your six-year-old child and they're going to understand. For example, I want to not drink alcohol or use nicotine for seven days. I mean, these are just examples I've heard from clients. I want to drink 64 ounces of water each day for the next seven days. I'm not saying these are mine. These are clearly written specific things that people want in their lives. I wanna get up at 5.30 a.m. each day for the next seven days. I wanna go to bed at 10 a.m. each day for the next seven days. I want to ask a clarifying question of somebody every time I feel defensive, every every time I wanna defend myself for the next seven days. I wanna follow my diet for the next seven days. So that one thing may seem small if you do it for seven days, but actually, Doing that for seven days is gonna force you in a way to do other things differently in your life as well. Because if you go to bed at 10 p.m. every night, it's gonna force you actually to get up earlier. Maybe not, but most likely your biological clock, you know, your things are gonna, things are gonna change and you're gonna wanna get up a little bit earlier. So, number two, massive, massive fanatical change. One small, massive fanatical change. How are you gonna feel after doing it for seven days? 168 hours. You know, my daughter Emerson told me on our trip to Italy, she said, Dad, I love running because I love how I feel after I run, but I don't like the initial feeling when I run. Or she even expressed she really didn't enjoy running at all the whole time, but she just loves how she feels when she's done. And I know how she feels when she's done. I mean, she is happy, excited, feels good about herself, she glows. But she doesn't focus or... And maybe she does more now. I believe she actually does more now. But if we focus on how we are going to feel after we achieve that goal, it's going to help us to be motivated towards doing that thing for seven days straight. And that's what we're talking about here, doing something for seven days straight. So you may want to give yourself a reward, but it's really interesting to me that most of our positive remote emotions that we feel are directly related to pursuing a goal consistently and doing something uncomfortable in our lives, taking a risk and actually doing it. Reflect on that for a second. Most of the positive emotions that you feel are a result of doing something uncomfortable and actually pursuing a goal in your life. How are you gonna feel? I want you to focus on that and even write that down. How are you gonna feel? Excited, happy, fun? I mean, you know, joyful, you know, what? energized? So if you found this podcast helpful so far, hit the link to Shatterproof Yourself, Seven Small Steps to Take a Giant Leap in Your Mental Health. You don't wanna miss that and you only will get that as a subscriber. Number three, what are the biggest obstacles to you getting this done? And what is your plan to overcome those obstacles? So some of the biggest obstacles for people are a negative self-concept. In some fashion, they believe they're unlovable, helpless, or unworthy, and it's a worst outcome-focused, often impacted by trauma in their past that they believe is gonna repeat itself in their lives. So what are those obstacles for you? I had a client that was in a bad car accident and hadn't driven for five years in her 40s. She hadn't driven but wanted to start driving. It was limiting her life. That was what she clearly wanted. What I did is I took her through some questions here because she was afraid. I asked her first, what are you afraid of here? And she was afraid of having a panic attack and and freezing up or getting stuck in a store that she drove out to or being embarrassed in her life. And so I asked her, is it true? And she said, well, it sure feels true. Then I asked her a second question, can I absolutely 100% know it's true? She said, no, I can't 100%. Maybe I could make it. How does it benefit you to think this? I asked her. And then she was able to, to see how it keeps her safe by not trying. Who would you be? How would you think, act, or feel if you didn't have that thought? And she was able to identify that she would probably try. She'd probably train. I'm using the word train instead of try. Language is important. She'd probably train. She'd probably do it. Small incremental steps. And then what's a healthier perspective, I asked her. And she said that I could go to the store every day that's close to my house with a close friend for seven days. I could see her light up. So what's the biggest obstacle for you? And then how are you going to overcome that obstacle? If it's getting up in the morning, maybe you get... An alarm clock without a snooze button. I think that would be a good thing to have. <laughs> so I don't know if they make those. I would imagine that they actually do. What do you need to do to overcome that obstacle? If you're going to make excuses, how are you going to replace that with focusing on, maybe it's focusing on how you're going to feel when you're done, or maybe it's focusing on how you've overcome certain things in the past. How are you going to do that? Maybe it's talking to a friend, calling a friend. That's the way you're going to overcome that biggest obstacle. Number four, what's a trigger? If we're talking about a good trigger here. So There's bad triggers that can happen emotionally, and we can make really stupid decisions when our emotions take over. You know, we can cut corners, we can quit stuff, we can quit jobs, we can buy stuff that we can't afford. Those are all triggers that we end up engaging in that aren't really healthy. Positive triggers when something happens in your life and you have a specific response to that thing. You can call it an if-then plan. If this happens, then I'm going to do this. And so tie that to one, to that thing you want to do for seven days that you're committing to. So if it's a new day, I go to an AA meeting because I wanna stop drinking. You know, that's something that somebody has said is a goal, client. If it's a new day, I wanna go to 90 meetings in 90 days. That's a really healthy thing for people that are trying to stop drinking. So if I get up in the morning, I drink 32 ounces of water. When I get up in the morning, I don't hit the snooze button. That can be a goal. So you have an if, then plan. And then the fifth thing is who can support you? You don't wanna keep these types of things secrets from your good friends. Let them know that you're doing this. It's going to take being vulnerable. It's going to take actually opening up and even sharing when you fail and starting over when you fail. And that's one thing I would encourage you to do is if you're going to commit to seven days doing something is if you take one day off, you got to start back over at the very beginning. So there's no room for you to say, I can't do it today. We're not talking about maybe life-changing things. I mean, we are we are talking about life-changing things. We're not talking about life-altering things. It's not going to take you the whole day. Many of these actions, maybe you want to cut back on sugar, and it's simply going to be something that you have to spend some energy into your diet. But you know, then you get off of it for one day. Well, you got to go back and redo those seven days. Who can support you? So are there friends? Is there a business support group? Is there somebody that can hold you accountable? Can you tell your kids? Can you tell your spouse? Who are you gonna to talk to about it? We don't want to keep secrets when it comes to changing things in our lives. Don't let shame, don't let fear keep you from telling those people that will support you. Certainly be wise, don't tell it to unsafe people, but share it with somebody. Share it with some different people. So let's go ahead and recap these actions. And I want you to think about something, some insight from today that you wanna to apply to your life. So number one, to make one small, massive, fanatical change in your life. So number one, what specifically do you want? Clarify it. Clearly, how will you, number two, how will you feel after doing this for seven full days? How will you feel? It's probably gonna be positive. Number three, what's what are the biggest obstacles to getting this done? And what's your plan for overcoming those obstacles? Number four, what's a positive trigger that will keep you focused on this change that you're making for seven days? And who can support you? Who can support me? And by the way, if you do this for seven full days, chances are you're gonna have the motivation and energy to see how beneficial it's been to make this one small change. And it is small, but it's gonna be leading you to believing you can make massive change in your life because you've done one small thing in your life. So what resonated with you most from today? Teach it to somebody in the next 24 hours. Take an emotional risk based on what you learned today and make that change and do it for seven days and let me know about it when you complete this task. Adam at DecideYourLegacy.com. Remember my 20, I used to call this the 30-70 rule, but I have decided to call it the 20-80 rule. 20% of transformational clarity and change is insight. You're gaining insight today, but 80% is action. Action is the most important thing. Take an action, even if it's an imperfect action, even if it's an unclear action, but you know it's the next right thing to do in your life. 80% is action. Have me out to speak live or over Zoom. Would love to connect with your team or engage and engage with me or one of my other legacy coaches. We'd love to take you through your legacy journey coaching process. And I'm gonna sign off the way that I always do. Make it your mission to live the life now that you wanna be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. You decide your legacy, no one else. I appreciate you greatly, and I'll see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.